Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 26th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we had a pair of Broadway weddings over the weekend, apparently. Uh, let's see, what order should I do them in? Oh, uh, well, Adina's got a Tony, so that's the tiebreaker. <laughs> because <laughs> t- a Tony winner, Adina Menzel, married longtime beau Aaron Lore over the weekend. I'm not going to give you Adina's resume. You should know it by now. But Lore actually played Mush in the original movie version of Newsies. He appeared as Steve in the movie version of Rent, obviously opposite Adina, and has appeared on stage and screen countless times ever since. The other couple that got married this weekend was that of Philippa Sue and Stephen Pasquale. Both are starring in Broadway plays later this fall, Sue in The Parisian Woman and Pascal in Junk. And I guess they just wanted to get it over with before they had to get hot and heavy into performances. Uh, at their wedding with fellow Broadway couple Celia Keenan-Bolger and John Ellison Conley, as well as Jesse Tyler Ferguson and his husband, lawyer Justin Makita. Congratulations to both happy couples. I guess uh, a late fall uh, or I guess an early fall wedding is uh, is as good as it gets. Yeah, this is how Broadway does it. You know, you and I being from big uh, college football schools, we know none of our friends get married in the fall. What, not if they want me to show up? Nope, exactly. Spring (laughs) weddings. Yep, or schedule it for the bye week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, sometimes if you're marrying interconference, it's a problem. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable, exactly. No. All right. First up in the news, Steve Kazee and Samantha Barks to lead Pretty Women in Chicago and on Broadway. Yeah, James, depending on when everyone is listening to this, you might not have seen this story yet as it was released at the stroke of midnight. But big... Dong, it's the first midnight. Anyway, um, but big screen in West End, Eponine, Samantha Barks, and Tony and Grammy winner Steve Kazee will lead the world premiere production of the musical version of the iconic romantic comedy Pretty Woman. Uh, Barks will play Vivian, the role made famous by Julia Roberts, and Kazee will play Edward, the Richard Gere role. The show is directed and choreographed by Jerry Mitchell and features a score uh, by Grammy-winning rocker Brian Adams uh, and his longtime songwriting partner Jim Valance. It has a book by the late Gary Marshall and the film screenwriter J.F. Lawton. The world premiere will begin performances at Chicago's Oriental Theater on March 13th of 2018 for what is listed currently as a strictly limited five-week engagement. We'll see if that holds true. But the show will then move to Broadway at a Nederlander theater to be named later in the fall of 2018. James, um, first off, two things. One, Steve Kazee had been involved with all of those workshops of the Sting musical Mm. that we talked about before that's going to play at Paper Mill Playhouse in the spring. Guess that's not happening. And then two, we've discussed this work in progress a couple times before, James, and we've mentioned that Vivian, the prostitute with the heart of gold, um, will in this version have a sadder but wiser mentor in the world's oldest profession, and that in the readings, that role was played by the one and only Orfe. If you follow the right people on social media, you might have noticed that Orfe and Steve Kazee have been at the same studio working on something lately, so I'm not saying that Orfe being a part of this will be the next announcement to come down the pike. But I'm also not saying that it's not. So, you know, just take my Instagram following uh, for what it is. Um, So, James, if you think about it, if Lincoln Center's My Fair Lady doesn't tank, which I don't think it will, although if they never get around to announcing a cast, maybe it will never open in the first place. But assuming it is still running six months after opening, we could have two shows 
based on slash inspired by Pygmalion running on Broadway at the same time a year from now. Hmm. Well, you know, how many Romeo and Juliets do we have every year? You know? That's that's a good point. I mean, we had we had plenty of West Side Story revivals at the same time that falsettos ran forever. So, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of the same thing there. Let me clean something up or maybe not falsetto, not falsetto. Hold on. Not falsettos. Fantastics. What am I talking about? Fantastics. OK. Sorry. Uh, let me clear something up uh, in case I'm misunderstanding you. You said uh, that Steve Kazee is going to be busy. So the sting wasn't happening or that Steve Kazee is not going to be in the sting. No, no, no. <coughs> Sorry. No, no, no. As far as I know, this thing is still happening. Yeah. Um, Steve Kazee is just he had he even announced on his Instagram that he was playing the part um, in a workshop. Yeah. It's just the and way that we, you said it. I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't missed, I wasn't sure what you. No, 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 no. Totally no. I'm sure that that will still happen. I just can't imagine that it'll happen with Kazee in it because he would have a pretty long commute to do both shows at the same time. This is a very good thing. And speaking of somebody with a very long commute to do the show at the same time, I am pretty sure that this announcement confirms that that uh, Jerry Mitchell has cloned himself. <laughs> well, he uh, he does go full out with everything that he does. So between him and Evo and uh, uh, Lila Nugabauer, it seems like they're pretty much <laughs> doing everything. So just let him do it all. Uh, I think uh, Jerry is also, you know, will be the replacement person in uh, in K-pop. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's going to fill in for Ashley Park. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, next up, Fox's Rent Live announced a broadcast date. Yeah, James, I didn't put the date in that headline because otherwise it would have been literally everything we know. Uh, but yesterday, Fox <laughs> announced that Rent Live will air on their network on Sunday, January 27th of 2019. All right. So you've got about uh, 15, 14, 13 months uh, to wait for this one. Um, you know, that'll be about 13 months after the uh, network broadcast A Christmas Story Live this coming December. Uh, so as we've discussed before, mega producer Mark Platt is working on both. So I'm holding out for a bit of nepotism when it comes to casting Mark Cohen in this one. Mm, that's true. That's interesting. Maybe the Rent Live uh, press reps are the same people as the My Fair Lady press reps, and they'll just keep us waiting and waiting. And, and never announce a cast. You never announce it. All right. We'll, last we'll week... tune in. <laughs> no, I said we'll <laughs> tune into the thing on January 27th of 2019, and then we'll find out who's in it. Exactly. Even the people doing it don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right. Last week's Broadway grosses, how'd we do? Uh, well, unsurprisingly, James, the Broadway box office took a bit of a hit last week for multiple reasons. One, it was down two shows following the closing of Bandstand and Groundhog Day, and it marked the end of the two-for-one, two-weeks-for-one Broadway week, uh, which that wrapped up as well. Uh, overall, Broadway was down 9.85% or $2.6 million. Only eight of the main stem's 26 shows saw week-to-week -week gains, and that included Time in the Conways, which moved from three to eight eight performances last week. Hamilton picked up a whopping $322 to retain its box office lead at $2,932,833, followed by Hello, Dolly! at $2.3 million, The Lion King at $1.86, Dear Evan Hansen at $1.67, and Wicked at $1.4. The rest of the seven-figure club was 
just a scant three shows, Aladdin, Come From Away, and The Book of Mormon. Michael Moore's The Terms of My Surrender is bringing up the rear with just $260,000, and he is grossing only 33.5% of his gross potential. Obviously, this show is likely very cheap to run, but still, those aren't exactly great numbers. A Doll's House Part 2, which closed on Sunday, did pick up a fairly modest bump of $29,468. The play that goes wrong is one of only two shows that are currently grossing below $600,000 that has not yet announced a closing date. It dropped nearly $39,000 to just over $297,000 last week. The other show below $600K that is still open-ended is Chicago, and that thing ain't never going to close. James, um, the week's biggest losers were almost universally family shows uh and that includes cats charlie and the chocolate factory wicked anastasia and school of rock occupying five of those seven biggest loser spots for the week if you consider kinky boots as a family show which i do then it would be six out of seven with miss saigon being the only other one in the in the top slash bottom seven of this list all right the uh broadway flea market raises a record amount yeah, James, sticking in the financial world of Broadway a little bit. Yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced that their 31st annual Broadway flea market and grand auction raised a record $1,023,309 on Sunday. This year's total far surpassed the previous record of $782,081, which was set just last fall. In total, the 31 editions of the Broadway flea market have collectively raised $13.6 million for BCEFA. James, I don't know if Broadway Cares was selling waters or lemonades on Sunday, but apparently it was hot in the theater district on Sunday, and a lot of people were a little overcome by the heat. So uh, hopefully Broadway Cares was uh, making them pay for their refreshments as well. <laughs> uh, any ideas uh, what the large uh, ticket items were that, you know, was? Uh, I didn't see the press release today. I, I'm not sure, but I did have uh, – I had a couple friends of mine who from Atlanta who uh, were in New York, and they went and they they put on Instagram a uh, a bucket of – that just said Sutton Foster's clothes on it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 they didn't really go into it, so I don't know exactly what kind of clothes they were, but that seems a little creepy to me. But, you know, theater fans are theater fans, and they'll – pay for just about anything if they uh, have that much of, uh, of an obsession with a performer. Oh, yeah. Let me see if there was anything of interest in here. Uh, two tickets to the opening night of Frozen with invitations to the after party, $9,500. 19 opening night packages with the VIP celebrations raised $66,000. Um, guest appearance in uh, Seth Rudesky, which is $5,100. Uh, walk-ons with Billy Porter and Kinky Boots. Oh, some really good stuff in here. So that's exciting. And uh, they had the autograph table and photo booth raised $36,000 alone. That's, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. All right. So next up, we have the show and casting news. Yeah, James, this first note in this section is very cool. As the immortal, legendary Tony winner John Cullum will join the Broadway production of Waitress on October 5th as Joe, the owner of Joe's Pie Diner. Uh, the role was originally created, if people didn't know this, by the late, great Andy Griffith in the film. So that's kind of neat. Uh, this will be Cullum's 29th Broadway show, having won Tony's for the original Broadway productions of Shannon Doa and On the 20th Century. As exciting as that news 
news is I can confirm that he was not the casting announcement that Betsy Wolf flew to Los Angeles to film about. Uh, but James, you and I both know that I'm not a curbside prophet, but I would anticipate that announcement coming sometime soon. In fact, about like 45 minutes before we started taping this episode, the show's composer, Sarah Bareilles, put a little video on Twitter teasing a major stethoscope-related announcement for Waitress coming up on Thursday. She's going to drop some hints as it gets closer, but James, <clears throat> she's not the only one who can drop hints. I, I'm not saying anything. If you maybe want to rewind, I'm not saying there's any hints in there. I'm just, you know, I'm just rewind as your friend, a little button that says back 15 seconds, you know. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> All right. David Oyelowo to lead musical from Terrell Alvin McCraney. Yeah, James. Uh, next up, the Hollywood Reporter broke the news that officer of the most excellent order of the British Empire, David Oyelowo, will be leading a new movie musical from Disney from Terrell Alvin McCraney, who wrote the Oscar winning film Moonlight and the play on which it was originally based. McCraney is also the writer of the play Head of Passes, which played at the Public Theater last year and is currently running at Los Angeles' Mark Taper Forum with the great Felicia Rashad reprising her role. This live-action musical titled Cyrano the Moor will borrow from both Othello, the Moor of Venice, and Cyrano de Bergerac. Oyelowo and his wife, actress Jessica Oyelowo, will produce. No information as to when the film will begin filming or will be released but there's a whole lot of Disney live action musicals, um, but this is probably going to be the biggest one that's not based on a pre-existing animated property. So that's pretty cool. And then finally in this section, James, yesterday the New York Theater Workshop announced that they had extended Amy Herzog's new play, Mary Jane, by two full weeks. The show is now scheduled to run through October 29th. Directed by Ann Kaufman, the show stars Tony and Emmy nominee, the magical Carrie Coon, who I will never get over the fact that she was never even nominated for an Emmy for The Leftovers on HBO. Makes me very angry. <laughs> All right. And uh, Google releases West Side Story Digital Collection. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, so yesterday, in partnership with Carnegie Hall, the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts, the Museum of the City of New York, and the National Museum of American Jewish History, Google Arts and Culture brought together an incredible digital collection dedicated to the history and legacy of West Side Story. James, the site's Unbelievable. It has more than 1,800 high-res photos and videos, many that were digitized for the very first time. There's 22 interactive exhibits and a special interview with the amazing legendary Cheetah Rivera and much, much more. You can get all of it at g.co slash westsidestory, or you can just go over to broadwayradio.com and check out the show notes. We'll have it there. James, one thing that I know that Michael Portantier is going to love is this 360-degree video of Cool from the 2016 Carnegie Hall production that they did in the round-ish, really long stage at the Knockdown Center. If memory serves correctly, I believe he really, really liked this production. Um, I think it was this one. It might have been one at Paper Mill or something, but um, but this is a really cool video. It, it's, it, it's a couple different performances of it pushed together because sometimes it looks like it's a rehearsal, sometimes there's an audience, and it kind of moves around from different angles, and you can do the whole 360-degree thing. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing to, uh, to look at and see how they did it. Wow. That's cool. No, that definitely is the production that Michael talked about. And okay, I thought he so. liked it a lot. All right, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt and subscribe to Sound Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.